if you're a workaholic, churches and companies will hire you and even give you a raise in your salary. But if you are born out and if you are, lose your marriage in the altar of ministry and, the, and, and if you lose your son and daughters in the altar of productivity, that will cost you even your ministry. So we are in a weird circle of uh, productivity balance with spirituality that we need to develop a, a culture in the church that show others that we rest and we enjoy God on that time. Well, hi, and welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Neglia. Uh, this is episode 175, kind of a milestone. Thank you so much for listening. If this is your first time listening or it's your 175th time listening to the podcast, uh, thank you so much. Well, the voice that you heard earlier on is that of Pastor Kike Torres. Uh, Kike is the pastor of Horizonte Quietero, uh, which is a church uh, just north of Mexico City, Mexico. And uh, we have a really like thoughtful conversation uh, that really gets to kind of the heart of pastoral ministry. Um, if you're involved in serving the Lord in a local church in any capacity, uh, you do know that there can be sometimes two competing poles in our heart and in our schedule. Uh, on the one hand, there is a, a lot to be done, kind of a, a never-ending list of tasks to complete, but also there's that great call to come away, that great call to um, intentionally rest. And often when those are in conflict, it's the busy schedule that wins time and time again. So we have a great conversation that touches on issues of burnout, uh, the reasons why it happens, the things that we can be doing in order to escape uh, the ongoing threat of burning out. So Kike is a, a good guy to talk about this. He's very educated. Um, he has uh, been on the brink himself of burnout and uh, really wants to help you uh, avoid that terrible experience of, of burning out. Kike is, as mentioned, in addition to uh, pastoring a local church, he also is the founder and president of the Biblical Counseling Coalition in Mexico, and he has kind of a wide and varied uh, ministry resume. But so I'm going to stop uh, talking right now and let you hear this conversation yourself. I hope that this conversation and all that we do at the Expositors Collective helps you to grow in your personal study and your public proclamation of God's word. Here's Pastor Kike Torres. Well, hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective podcast. I'm thrilled to be speaking with Pastor Kike Torres. Uh, good, good morning. How are you? Great, man. Happy to be here. Well, um, so this is a, a quite an international um, episode. I am recording in Ireland, speaking to um, to Mexico. So uh, it's great to be connecting uh, across across the world. Thanks for making time for us. That's great, man. I have to be involved in, in an international expositor podcast. <laughs> well, today's the day. Today's the day. Um, you know, like usually one of the first questions that we ask our guests is, um, can you tell us about like the very first sermon you ever preached? Um, I find off, it's also a great way to kind of get to know a person well um, in hearing about, you know, oftentimes their awkward, horrible first sermons. Um, so was yours awkward and horrible? Uh, I, 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 th I think it's like, like, like shameful and funny at the same time. Uh, it was like, oh, it was like 
15, no, like 16 years ago, I think, uh, or more. And I, 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 I was in, a, in Tabasco, in a city south of, southeast of Mexico, after a big um, climatic event like that hits the, the city. And we, we went uh, as a, you know, missionary help uh, group to help, you know, building churches and, you know, bring, bring in this kind of clowns uh, like uh, you know but I, I wasn't I, I I I never speak in public like yeah with the Bible I I, I was um I, I was a businessman so I, I I was used to speak but uh, I was I had this burden on a we are giving these kids you know fun time like yeah candies food uh we're building this church with the, for these people but Uh, we didn't share the gospel yet. And the guy who was running the, the, the team is like, go. And I like, no, man, I, I'm just, I'm just complaining. Uh, and so you need to put someone, uh, to preach the gospel. And like, yeah, man, is yeah. that your burden? You, 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 you need to go. Yeah. So, so that night I, I preached, man, a sermon that makes tons of story of the Bible, you know, uh, okay. Noah opened the sea sacrificing his son so i don't know how how much stories i mixed on that night yes but by, yes by god's grace i i i share the need of repentance and how love how love how, how much god loves us and and i do an invitation and people start coming to the front and asking for repentance and and believing in that jesus is king and redeemer so for me that was my first sermon ever and Uh, that, 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 that's not, a, I know, I know about everyone else, but for me it was like, it's fun to remember just that at the beginning and just last Sunday, it was the grace of God that put me on front. Uh, and it's just my, my calling to, uh, to preach the gospel and, and call, call the people back to God. Wow. Wow. So, so 15 years ago in Tabasco, Noah sacrificed his son and people trusted in the Lord Jesus. Is that right? <laughs> That's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you, when you, let's say, stepped down off of that stage or, or gave the podium uh, back to, to whoever, did you feel like, wow, like, I, I, I think I found it. I think, I think this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I, I, my first calling was to evangelism. So, so So like just having that experience with the Lord, like really show me that it's not about the messenger. It's about the message. Uh, okay. and, and even with my poor theological, like dysfunctional preaching, uh, but knowing that we need to go back to God and, and we need to be this kind of messenger that, that let others know that God loved them. And, 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 and there's a way to be reconciled, like be back to God, uh, and being peace with him, uh, For me, just like knowing that so supernatural, like you know, uh, way of God, just doing His stuff, want me to be Amen. Maybe maybe this is a thing that I need to be involved for the rest of my life. So yeah, the rest is history. But yeah, it, it's it's great. I, I, actually, the worship leader uh, has this kind of joke with me that he said like, "Hey, Kike, you have this gift, man." I I I gave, I gave an invitation to even wherever like you know people and nobody respond but do they give an invitation and you know kids 
people respond. And for me, that was a way like, hey, that's that's God's grace, man. Uh, mm, yeah. I, I came from a business background and I, I used to dream back then that I speak to tons of people, but it, it was like frustrating, but because I didn't sell anything to them. Is that right? Oh, really? Uh, really? So really? God was really uh, kind of pushing me and showing me that he has a, he has a plan to my mouth and my heart and my life to be uh, speaking about a message that uh, didn't sell anything but invite to everything. <laughs> oh, man. That's great because I do know, I realize that, you know, there is a combination or, or an overlap, we could say, of supernatural and even natural gifts that God has given to certain people. And, you know, I think some people with, let's say, a, a spiritual gift of teaching if they wanted to, they could also, you know, lecture in a college class and they'd probably do a good job. They're just good communicators. Um, and that's, that's the case sometimes, but it's, it's really interesting. If someone has this gift of evangelism, that they, they doesn't also mean that they're necessarily good salesmen, that they're good closers, that they're good at making people want to commit to things. Um, yeah. As evidenced by that, that you're good at <laughs> presenting the gospel, but yet not necessarily as good at selling. That's no offense, but <laughs> that's what you said. No, don't worry. I, I, and I actually, yeah, I always tell when I train pastors and, and, and people in our seminary that even if you have a gift, God needs to break it okay. to rebuild it in a way that brings glory to his name. Because that, that, that was me for, uh, when I started like really getting intentional on teaching yeah. for, for I don't know, I don't remember how many weeks, never, I, I like just nothing happened, man. I, I, I was, I asked the chance to uh, disciple two of the TV program stuff that we had. And man, it was like to preaching to a wall. Uh, so that was really disappointing to me because I have like this kind of idea of, okay, sure God will use me uh, on speaking because that was what I did before. And yeah. God really need, need to bro broke me on that to uh, even to the point that I quit. I, I, I talked to my former pastor and say like, man, I think I'm not good for this, man. Uh, and he's like, okay, so give another week and then drop off. Like, yeah. Uh, and, and just saying that, that next session that we had, God started bringing other men and God started bringing some revival to that group. So I love how God use everything you put into his hands uh, will be more fruitful and satisfying that to keep or this crazy idea that it's your capacity that will allow you to be used by God for his kingdom. God... God really need to broke us, uh, really, really for, yeah, and that just for love, man, because if not, we will become prideful and that's not a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. You've certainly heard it said multiple times that, you know, that God's ministers must like walk with the limp, that there needs to be a, a dependency and a, a brokenness. So that's, that's a, a great insight. I'd love to maybe hear more like, like there's obviously been progress and there's been growth in your, you know, teaching and preaching. And I would even say your leadership capacity since then, maybe what are a few things that you've learned along the way that you think would be important for our hearers to, to, to glean from you? Huh. Relating to the pastoral ministry and preaching, uh, I, I have, I had the blessing to be, uh, equipped by a by a guy who loved the Bible and he teach me uh this principle that I love and I I, I teach that too to my students like hey uh, do actually you have a, a cat like do your job this kind of Bill Belichick quote that he said to the uh, you know the, the the New England team 
uh, do your job. And he's like, hey, do your you do your homework. The people on Sunday is expecting that uh, he, uh, their pastor had been in the presence of the Lord. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was for me a, a really game changer on on, on not not getting to the uh, into Sunday, you know, to improvise or or just uh, do or speak uh, about what I feel. Really, really best hours, uh, you know, looking for the face of God. Uh, really, really being there and listen to His voice. I, 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 I'm the way I I do like my series is that I do the book that I will be preaching two times just for myself in my intimacy with God. Okay. Uh, okay. Just I, I, I have like at least two, two rounds of the book just, just to listen God's voice to my life. And I, I do tons of notes. Uh, and then when I prepare to the series that will be a preaching, uh, that's when I add, you know, the commentaries and that, uh, but that's after I listen God's voice uh, because I love uh, our next year will be in Exodus. And I love how the people see Moses faces like, you know, uh, writing uh, with light because because he has spent like tons of time with with the Lord. So for me, that that's that's a good way of having a goal every week. Like I hope that my face will show the people that I spend time with the God that they are looking forward to listen about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I realize, um, this, this might be like a, a, a translation issue. I realize you're, you're speaking in your second language. Um, but you, you spoke about that you read through the book, you know, personally for your intimacy with God. I, I actually, yeah. I, I took note of that. Um, what a more, what a beautiful way to say it more so than my morning readings or, my devotional time, um, you know, that, that time that, that, you know, as you are, are reading through Exodus, that's your intimacy with God time. What a wonderful, like invitational, um, potential, like, like shift in just thinking about morning devotions. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mike, uh, for me, that was a game changer two years ago when I met my, my one of my top mentors, uh, Van Speedman. Uh, he, he really showed me by his example and then by words that the first calling of a pastor is to intimacy, not to activity. And that for me was a game changer, man. Like, yeah. uh, because, because as a, as a personality that I, I have on this kind of being this go, go, go guy, you know, tape a leader that we need always to be involved in, in, in wherever, uh, just to be aware of my first calling is not to do things, but to be with him. Uh, and you know, that's a one-on-one like basic ministry uh, stuff, but it's so easy for us to forgot, uh, and to be, uh, like super crazy busy on, 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 on things for the Lord in the altar of, uh, being with the Lord, uh, that, that really was, a, a two years ago, a really good, like, you know, uh, you know, you know, the, the, like principle, like, Hey, my first calling is to intimacy, not to activity. In the, in, at the moment that I'm more uh, busy on the activity that I don't have time for a healthy intimacy, I'm in a danger place. Yeah. And if somebody continues on, I guess, doing rather than being or with activity instead of intimacy, you said it brings them to a, a dangerous place. Um, what do you mean? What what kind of dangerous place? Uh, that will the, the danger will be that we will we will be depending on people approvement and and success and numbers 
to uh, support our identity because because we have been uh, negligent. Like we don't we we are not faithful to our first calling that it's intimacy that allow us to have this joy, peace, you know, uh, identity, uh, fulfillment. Um, there's a, there's, there's two good books that I want to recommend to anyone that want to be involved in on this kind of soul care of the pastor. One of them is, um, replenish from Lance Witt. That's, that's a great book on the, the soul care of the pastor. And there is soul care. No, so, sorry. It's uh, soul keeping from John Orberg. Uh, and both of them gave us good input about, um, I remember John Orberg talking about uh, going to his mentor, uh, Dallas Willard, uh, complaining about the church. And, and after like long listening, Dallas told him, uh, do what you need to do to get your identity, joy, peace, and fulfillment from your intimacy with God. And, and, and I, remember, I remember John telling him, no, I, I don't, I, I don't think that you get me, uh, Dallas. It's a people in the church, and 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 and, and he's like, no, no, you don't get me. Uh, get, do whatever you want to do. You need to do to get your peace, identity, joy, fulfillment from your intimacy with the Lord. Because if not, like like that's happened, you will be a. a a complaining guy, you will be yeah. suffer for bitterness. You will be looking after uh, people approvement. Uh, and 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 I, now that I'm helping pastors, uh, the way that I have been helped, hundred percent of pastors that struggle with depression has this common thing that they don't remember when was the last time when they had this real intimate time with the Lord, just knowing that they are sons not pastors. And that's hundred percent. They don't remember like when was the last time that I get this. Wow. God speaking to me, not to prepare something to the church. This is, this is, I, I remember so much, uh, years ago when I was not even in pastoral ministry yet. Uh, but I talked to my former pastor and I said like, look, it's, 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 it's weird, but I know that I know that I'm good with God because I'm working for him. But there's, there's, I don't remember when was the last time that I enjoyed just to be his son. You know, I, I, I'm serving th- to my f- father that is a king of kings, but I miss just to be at the table talking and laughing and, and just crying and just enjoying that table with him, not in need to perform, but resting in Christ perform for me. So yeah, that, that's, that, that would be a good uh, thing <laughs> to, to just consider. Yeah, and I think it's in it's in Mark's Mark's version of the story when Jesus picks the disciples. He he goes up and he he spends the night in prayer, and then I think it gives the list of of the twelve, and it goes through all the twelve, and it says he, he chose these twelve uh, to be with him to preach and to cast out demons. And you know, a, a big focus of Expositors Collective is that second bit. You know, preach. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's you know preach as good as we can. I'm sure there's other podcasts about casting out demons, you know, the, the demon collective or the demon casting out collective. Um, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, that first part, it's just, it's just one syllable, just two, two English letters, but to be with him, um, that's, that's like the first and foremost call that he calls the disciples to be, to be with him. And then out of that, for that ministry. So being precedes doing, 
um, that language of kind of intimacy before productivity, but it's, it's there in Mark's gospel. That's why he called them to be with them. And, and, and even, you know, in Acts, Acts 6 tell us that the, I always explain like the two legs of pastoral ministry is preaching and praying. And we are jealous about the preaching. We are, uh, we are, we are jealous about the health doctrine, you know, this kind of, um, profound theology. Yeah. But I, I, as I told you, like a hundred percent of pastors that I help that get into depression or burnout, burnout crisis has this, that the prayer that it's intimacy, just being and listen and, you know, can't like just, yeah, paying attention and enjoying, uh, God, that's, uh, we, we, we're, we're in a big, uh, gap on that, uh, second leg. So that's why a lot of pastors, uh, I, I, I love that, uh, that I, I went to, um, to, uh, some desire and God conference in like nine, nine years ago. Okay. And I remember the Hispanic pastor of, uh, the Siren God, uh, that works with John Piper. Well, I used to work with John Piper. He said like, if you love and you're amazed of John Piper preaching, you will be more amazed of knowing, knowing him downside the pulpit. Uh, and for me, that was like, a man, I would love to someone like to talk about that from me. Like, Hey, if Kika's preaching likes you, like if you like Kika's preaching, you will, you, you will mm. be, be amazed of how he enjoyed God, like outside the pulpit. Uh, that, that's, that's the thing that you need to, to see. So, so yeah, for me, for me, that's a challenge. Uh, and, and if you, and every listener that you have can pray for me on that, I want to be that, that kind of pastor that it's, it's better to walk with him than to listen to him. Yeah. And I not say that I'm, I, I, I want to, I, to have a cheap preaching. No, uh-huh. but uh-huh. Uh, I, I want to my life to be my best platform to my message. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or walking with him is, is better than speaking on behalf of him. Uh, not, mm. not to, not to, to parse it too, too deeply, but you know, we get really excited about the, as you mentioned, we get really excited about the preaching, not so much the praying. Um, it's, and there's, there's certainly reasons about that, you know, praying by definition, like is, is private, um, preaching mm-hmm. by definition is public. And there's mm-hmm. just something in our hearts that is just drawn towards that public or, or certain parts of us, certain, we all have our various neuroses and issues and, uh, all of us preachers, you know, we're just kind of glory hogs and, um, prone. There's a certain kind of person that's, that looks at a pulpit and says, I want to stand behind that. <laughs> like mm, most people mm-hmm, don't feel mm-hmm. that way. We do. Yep. And and there's strengths that come with that. But then I think that comes with like with a shadow side, with a, with a, a, a dangerous aspect to it as well. And so I, I appreciate you. You mentioned a few different times, like you're like investing or you're helping um, in, in uh, like the, the preachers. Um, and you know what? We need a lot of help. So, uh, so the, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really happy to, to have you on the show. And we've, we've talked very little about sermons so far. And, and who knows? Maybe we won't. Maybe that's it. Maybe the, the only sermon we're going to talk about in this conversation was the one about, you know, Jonah and the whale sacrificing Abraham's Isaac, you know? <laughs> um, and, and I think that's totally okay because this is a yeah. very valuable thing. You're addressing the hearts of the preachers. And I, and I think, Mike, that that's, that needs to be addressed because at least, I don't know, uh, but at least in Latin America, we're tired of having great preachers that you want to preach like them, like being disqualified or being like, get out of ministry because moral issues and 
family issues and so it so for me happens maybe there too oh yeah man oh, so I'm for, sorry. for me after <laughs> yeah. after being 10 years in pastoral ministry and i know uh like brian and, and, and a lot of guys that you will be interviewing uh will be ha like have more years than me but uh, i i got just got my 10 year anniversary on pastoral ministry in february uh, I, yeah I, i i i don't want to be the next guy to be yeah. disqualified of yeah. because I neglect the most important part of my ministry that is my my intimacy with the Lord. So uh, so yeah, for, for me that that's the thing that will support the long term uh, uh, like our you know ministry and and just participation on His kingdom. Yeah. So like, what would you say to the 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 preacher, the pastor, the, the even the aspiring minister right now that's listening to this and thinking? Well, yeah, that's all good and well. It's great to to be before do, and it's great to have intimacy before productivity. But Sunday is coming, and I got to have something to say. And and you know, if only like so, you know, the sermon is one thing, but there's also like a million different meetings and appointments and budgets, and like that's great. But like, but I got to run this church, you know. So what's what, what do you say to the person that feels maybe that frustration? Mm, that, that that was me. Three years ago, man. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I will say that, yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, the people are waiting for something, uh, and you have a church to lead. Yeah, and and sorry to sorry to interrupt, but but you were told to do your homework. You know that you said that was one of the, those key bits of information that you were told when you were younger. You got to do your homework before you get there on Sunday. So, how how can it be? <laughs> That's a great question, Mike, and, and there's a great tension there. But I, I, I love how the gospel helps us with that. Uh, the key part of our homework is to be with God and listen from download, downloading from Him what He wants uh, for our life and for His pulpit. Okay. okay. Uh, I will say that um, Danny Akin uh, told me this five years ago, Kike. Uh, you need to consider this. Horizonte, who is a that is the church that I pastor. Horizonte can have another pastor, but Paulina can't have another husband, and Christian can't have another dad. Uh, that's that's our homework too. Uh, then Pastor Vance told me about I need to rest because if I don't rest, I won't be in ministry for like so much like I, I need to get this day off really you know I, I when I train and help pastors I like hey when is your day off like 80% told me like Monday in theory that's yeah. that's the even oh, the quote yeah in theory mm -hmm. it's Monday yeah and all of us has this day off in theory but if we don't rest that we're sinning we're sinning and we are if we are doing ministry from sin Uh, that's that's not a good place to be doing ministry. So we need to rest. We need to get have th that have that day that we are not pastors and ministers. We are son of God. We are dads. We're we're husbands. We're we're just you know men enjoying being loved by a God that doesn't connect our you know performance, but like with the love that He gave us. Uh, So, so that's like a healthy rhythms that we need to do in our homework to be in a healthy place, to go every weekend in front of the church 
and say to them basically, follow Jesus in a way I'm following him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that's preaching. Hey, follow Jesus. That, that's that was Paul preaching. Hey, follow me as I follow Jesus. So the thing is not listen to me. It's not uh, pay attention to my preaching. Is follow me, uh, uh, and that's uh, that's that's where I like challenge pastors, man. If if a new believer in the church uh, asks you, hey pastor, I want to learn prayer by you. Can I go to your home, your prayer time, or your rest time, or your intimate time with the Lord? And so, if a new believer that comes to church follow you on your, you know, I, I call it Jesus practice or grace practice. Okay, yeah, yeah. That that he will be more equipped enjoy more about Jesus and be more encouraged to reach other for his glory, or he will be a mediocre prayer uh, mm. and uh, really not so passionate, uh, like, you know, get this passion about the intimacy with the Lord, or he will be a good theologian in his head, but not a lover of God and his wife and his kids. So, so th- 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 your, your question was like like a great question. Yeah, part of the homework it involved more than getting to the, your desk and study for hours for de- to develop a verse by verse exposition on wherever you're preaching. Sure, it's yeah. that to grow your life in a way that anyone can walk with you and say he is living what I just hear him preach last Sunday. That's that's when the like you know uh, Paul said to the to the churches I came to you not by you know uh, wise or sharp or, or eloquent words boy by but by power and you know so so I think that's that's a, a, a lack that we need to consider in our in in our you know circles that we have by the grace of God good theologians people that love and respect the Bible, yeah. but we need to develop more this real deal uh, on on the on the life, on the messenger, you know, just back up. And it's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, when, when, we, when we do this kind of podcast uh, or, or, or video, you know, Zoom or Face and wherever, when there's a, a lack or a gap between the video and the, and the audio, Yes, which we've experienced it's like, it's kind already. Of yes, lo- lo- looks looks weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I don't want my life and ministry to have that lack or that gap. That my the people that listen to me see a different thing in my life. So and, and that start with my wife and my kids. So so yeah, that, for me that, that that's that part of the homework that we are neglecting uh, in in the real in the daily basis on pastoral ministry. So like at least. Um, by my experience, uh, so much. Man, that is that is so good, and what a, what a perfect image of the yeah the out of sync video and audio um, that's appropriate for this moment, but then also too for so much of 2021 and 2020, we've been looking at out of sync videos and audio a, a whole bunch, and yeah, may that not be a glimpse into our our heart and the that w- which comes out of our mouth and how they don't actually really match up. That's that's a striking and and startling image. Um, yeah, so Kike, you, you mentioned that like kind of backing up a few moments ago, you talked about the importance of like of rest and Sabbath and that if a person isn't, I, I, actually, you didn't use the word Sabbath, but like, you know, the importance of a day off or the importance of, of, of rest. Um, like what happens if, if we don't do that? If we, if we, 
have an inflated view of our own worth and say that the work that we have to do is too important and we're too key. We can't take time off. Um, essentially, like what's what's the end result of that? The end result is that you will be born out okay. or God will help you to rest. Okay. I, I always train pastor like, hey, you need to rest or God will put you to rest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And nobody, like, like there's people that d- d- doesn't get it, but uh, I remember Pastor Vance when he told me about that and I was in a, in a highway to, to, to get into burnout moment. Actually, Paulina, my wife said that if I didn't have Johnny Hunt and Vance Pittman in my life, I won't be in ministry anymore because they really get me into this healthy rhythm of my soul and, and really the soaker and the, and the healthy place, even in my body to be uh, just ready to walk the walk on yeah. mi- pastoral ministry. Yeah. Uh, but Vance uh, Pittman, I don't remember it was eight or nine years ago. He, ha- he got a, a burnout crisis a Monday. He woke up and he wasn't able to move his body. And uh, his wife called to the doctor and the doctor basically said, say it like, say him, say to him like, Hey, your body collapsed. Uh, and he, ha- he was like, you know, on, on this traveling and preaching commitments and, and, you know, leading the church and meetings and meetings and meetings and, and God sent him to rest. So he, he, he's, he's mentoring me on that. Like, Hey, you need our, I said day off because that's the way that we understand it. But they, uh, I, I love. I don't know if it's uh, Mark. Mark. Uh, I just had the book. John Mark Homer that said uh, the day off is a sabbatical, uh, bastard, sabbath bastard. I think bastardization. Yeah. 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 The, the um, I think he quotes. Is it Eugene Peterson or he might quote somebody yeah. else that says that? Yeah, the day off is the bastardization of of the Sabbath. Was, yeah, that's I don't know if we're allowed right to me. say bastard on this podcast, but you can say that you were with a, with a Mexican, and uh, we can say it. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds more sophisticated in your accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh, yeah, and, and he and he was so right about it. Uh, for me, that has been like year, like year and a half that really get this Friday night to Saturday night off that I even not use social media. Even I don't, don't do, uh, do I message or uh, I, even my team knows that if there's an emergency, emergency, they can reach Pau, my wife, uh, because I need to, I need to show the Lord that I'm aware that I'm not, uh, you know, this star that is so needed that because because if not i'm not following jesus uh so i i need to 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 show the people that i trust that for 24 hours at least god is god god is pastor god is in charge god is the head of the church uh and 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 just walk in faith because that's a faith step that and and i I remember it was so hard at the beginning uh and just in march i take my first four weeks sabbatical uh in after 10 years of ministry yeah and man mike it was like a whole new sport man nobody teaches how to rest yeah Uh, (laughs) Yeah. but 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 i i went to vegas to visit uh, my mentor and he uh, when when some churches and uh became aware that i was going they invite hey 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 I know that Kiki is coming. Can he preach? And he he really cared for me. Like, hey, no, no, no. He's coming to rest. 
Uh, and he, he, he teach me this. Uh, he, 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 he say in this way, you know that you are resting when you wake up and you don't know what, which day is exactly. That's, that's the, 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 you know, the borderline that you get when you're like, now you're resting, you know? And for me, it took 17 days to get to that place. Like after 10 years of go, 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 sure, go, just to yeah. have these like, okay, what do I need to do today? Uh, rest and enjoy and read and laugh and go with my kid to the park, wherever. Man, that's that's a, that's a, that's so needed uh, to be aware and to start practice. Um, and I still helping pastor on this kind of becoming the theory they of that they have to this rest day that they stop, just to remember that God is God and He's in charge. We are son of God and we can rest that He is good and has been good to us and He will be good to us. Not link it to our performance and activity but to his goodness so so yeah for me that's that's uh that's so needed man uh, and it, it had been a blessed just to be uh you know uh equipping equip on that and 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 work and, and i and i i'm afraid that there's no such there's not so much seminaries that train that and teach that and practice that uh and help to develop healthy leaders uh, from seminaries and school, uh, because it will be weird. Like, okay, I will, I, I'm doing it right now. I, I, I'm teaching, uh, we call we change the name from spiritual disciplines to, uh, Jesus practices. And, and, and I teach that like at least for two weeks, like, you know, solitude, silence and solitude, Sabbath, you need to start like with two hours, three hours, start, and like getting like practice. This is a practice. So it's not like I will do perfectly Nick this week. Uh, and you don't have an idea how much blessing I got from the people that, hey, pastor, I never did that. Like, you know, they, they, they told me they told me that that was an Old Testament thing. Hmm, hmm, and for okay. me, it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, that was me. That was me uh, two years ago. Right. But, they're, they're, you know, the interesting thing is, it was is the only commandment of the Ten Commandments that God said, remember the Sabbath, the, 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 the Sabbath. So if it's the only command that God tell, like, remember, I think that he knows that will be the first commandment for us to forgot. Okay. So, okay. so if, if, if we say that taking as a rest or a stop day or a sabbatical, it's a Old Testament uh, discipline. We need to be aware of our theology because which other commandment of the 10 is uh, just an Old Testament uh, commandment. Uh, and, 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 and when you start practice, you will enjoy a lot, uh, just to, just to trust. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Kike, I got, I got, I got two follow-up questions about that. Okay. Um, one of them is kind of more, um, like a, like a Bible-based question. And then the other is more of like a, like a lifestyle kind of maybe pushback on that. Okay. Um, which one, which one you want first, the Bible question or the lifestyle question? Bible first. All right, Bible first. Um, okay, so yeah, it's it's a it's a ten com- it's a commandment. Um, however, all nine of the ten commandments are repeated in the New Testament, while there is not a New Testament repetition of the Sabbath command in the New Testament. That's a great question, Mike. Uh, I see that Jesus uh, do the rest the sabbatical, and okay. actually, I love how he broke 
the expectation of the religious people. Mm, because mm, mm. that was his favorite day to do miracles. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. He, he goes out of his way to do it on the Sabbath. Yeah. And he reconnect the Sabbath with the, this is a gift from the Lord. It's not a thing to do. Yeah, it's a yeah. gift. And that's a thing that I uh, tell to pastors, man, there's a gift that God is giving you and you're not getting mm, it. Man. Mm, uh, mm. Uh, so, and, and there, and, and there's a, and it's a, it's a practice. So it's, it's need to be, you know, working with someone that yeah. uh, make you accountable and like show you and yeah, th- that you can sh- follow on that. Because for me, that was, that was it. Like, hey, uh, for, for example, Pau, Pau asked, hey, pa- ask Pastor Vance, who can call you on Sabbath? Uh, Pastor Gadiel, my, my, my right hand, like, mm-hmm. or, or, uh, so it, it, th- there's this kind of question that it's good yeah, to have yeah. someone like, Hey, Hey, is this right? Uh, and, right, and right. to help you work with that. But I see Jesus, uh, talking, uh, being involved in, in not doing, you know, the average thing for the people on, 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 on the Sabbath. Um, and I see that through the narrative of the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, there's a, and <laughs> till today, there's a consequence when we don't obey God. And I see till today that there's a consequence in the healthy soul of the pastor that when he doesn't honor this Sabbath. And I, I'm not saying, please, because that was my, my you know, my, my thing to argue, argue against. I'm yeah, not yeah. getting Jewish theology, whatever. No, no, no. I'm just... Following Jesus and and following that he exalted for me an opportunity to commit the law on loving God and loving my wife and my kid yeah, is yeah, to yeah. not love church and ministry and crisis and problems for a day. Uh, so um, yeah, that, that 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 will be a, a good a good point A, like you know Old Testament to point sure, C okay. today. If if he if wasn't if it wasn't a thing that it's important and relevant to God today, why I get I repeat hundred percent of pastors suffering of burnout that they all agree that they never get a real day off or Sabbath or a real vacation or so that doesn't make sense if we disconnect this command to the healthy walk of the Jesus disciple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for, for answering that, you know, that, um, that qualifying, uh, you know, cause at the expositors collective, the listeners care about the Bible a whole lot. So I want to, I want to ask those follow-up questions that I, I, I can imagine, uh, a few thoughtful people saying, well, what about such and such? Um, and I, I have another l- question. L- l- let me tell you something because, yes, be- yes. Uh, because just uh, to, to finish the Bible question. Yeah. Okay. 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 The, I, 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 and I, and if you read that, that, that would make, make sense. The, 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 the Bible starts in a garden and uh, in a wedding and ends in a garden and in a wedding. So rest, it's a topic on the Bible from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm maybe, maybe it would be best not to get into the day off or the sabbatical, but into the rest practice. Yeah, okay. So okay. That's, that's a topic that it's it mentioned in the New Testament several times. Totally. Uh, and even even on uh, as, as as we talked before before the before the program on this uh first Timothy 4 16 like uh, it, it is saying in English uh keep a close watch on 
yourself, that's a that's a good thing to keep a close uh, a close oh, watch wow. on your practices. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, well this is this is great. Hey, so we're we're kind of we're actually kind of wrapping up. I I have a whole another half of page of of questions. So we'll have to do part two later on uh, because I do want to talk to you about like you know your your involvement with like the biblical counseling coalition. I want to do talk to you about like 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 preaching in a in a in a pastoral and counseling way. Um, but we don't have time for that. So we'll come to that in the future. One, one other day. Okay. So I do want to come back to my, my second question that I, I, I never got a chance to, to ask, which is, okay. So you've answered the kind of like the Bible, let's say objection about the, the new Testament practice of, of Sabbath or rest. Now here's kind of more of a lifestyle one. Again, I'm kind of like, I want to represent the, the listeners to the expositors collective podcast. I know that a lot of them are bivocational. That um, that's kind of like a, a bigger chunk. That we we have kind of like younger and newer Bible teachers. A lot of them are you know swinging a hammer um, during the week and then preaching on the weekends, or they are on staff at someone else's church. So they're they're youth pastors or college ministers, and they don't really get they're not in charge of their schedule. Um, so what would you say to the person who's like not in charge of their schedule, can't just take this day off or their, um, their week is spent earning money for their family. Their Saturday is spent preparing for Sunday and then Sunday is for preaching and serving. Uh, man, you you, you asked so many good questions, man. Uh, there's a book that I want to recommend that's, uh, it's called the rest of God. Okay. Rest of God, the author is Mark Buchanan. Okay. And that's the most uh huh enjoyable reading and encouragement to practice on sabbatical and rest that I ever read. Uh I, I now have an order, but that, that's that was the, the first one that I, that uh Pastor okay. Van suggested to me. Uh and he's he he basically said this and I love it. Um uh, Jesus was so required, like he, Jesus has so people demand attention uh, from him, time from him. So yeah. he's so needed Be- because the thing that, that uh, you know, separate of taking or honoring God on that uh, practice is that hey, it's, it, there's people in crisis, there, there are people that need me, yeah. uh, even wherever. Uh, and yeah, but if you, if you follow Jesus, Jesus was so needed and being so needed you, I, I'm in my in my intimacy with the Lord. I'm again in the uh, Gospel of Mark, and I see several times, and I choose that intentionally because that was the book that most speak about solitude, silence, and mm-hmm. time apart. Yeah, and I see Jesus after long days of ministering, going apart in the desert or yeah, solitude yeah. or yeah. time with the Father. So. Unless you are more capable of Jesus, unless you're more spiritual than Jesus, or unless you're more powerful than Jesus, he being the almighty, show us a way of doing ministry under three years ministry here. So, okay. uh, and that's, uh, that's, that affects every position, part-time, full-time. Okay. Uh, there's, there's a way that I have been thought that, uh, I don't know if that will be a good start point, a start like, this point to a start, but uh, I I I knew that in in Bethlehem in Minneapolis, uh, John Piper asked to his pastors to take he called it three R and R rest and 
recovery, something like that. Okay. And it was three blocks or seven hours a week or something like that. Mm. That, that mm. didn't work for me. I really need to set apart, like, you know, from Friday night. And I choose Friday night to Saturday night because we start service uh, Saturday 7.30 p.m. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, see, 7.30 p.m. So from, from Friday 7 p.m. to Saturday 7 p.m., I try to disconnect. Uh, and I choose that instead of Monday because bands told me that Saturday is the day when, you know, the kids has tournaments yeah, or, right. or wherever. Yeah. So it will be good for my kid to have me there, not reading a Bible or studying. And that, that's a thing that that's another practice, practical, uh, you know, advice or suggestion. Like when you are going to your kids uh, practice or games or wherever, don't do any other thing that watch him, watch mm. them. Mm. Uh, I have a really well-known pastor that his son has this bitterness against him because he said, my dad was into some of my games, but when I go, like when I see him or watch him, he was always reading something. Mm. He wasn't there. So these kind of things that nobody teach you, that's, that's a thing, a, a good way to have this conversation to, you know, just sharp our practices on yeah. really being there, loving God and loving others and not preparing for another sermon or counseling or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. this is a good thing uh, to, to consider to anyone. If you're more, more, more mighty or more, uh, more needed or more um, spiritual than Jesus, it's okay that you don't rest. But Jesus uh, shows a way of healthy. Actually, yesterday night, I was in Mark 6, I think. And Jesus, you know, take the lead on after they went, you know, preaching and casting demons and that, and they come back and share with him what so yeah, he, yeah. They, they told him like, hey, let's get apart in mm. a solid place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they wasn't able to do it, but you see Jesus taking the lead on let's take a time, let's get a time off to rest and have this alone time and recovery. Uh, so I, if Jesus is the pastor of pastors mm -hmm. and when yeah, the you chief shepherd, yeah, the chief of the chief of shepherd and you, when you came after a long ministry season, he promote this kind of alone time and yeah. recovery time. Yeah. Maybe it will be a good thing to consider that we need to, uh, and that, 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 that's a true that we need to do that for God. Church won't be the, uh, the this is, this is so interesting, Mike. Uh, if you're a workaholic, churches and companies will hire you and even give you a raise in your salary. Mm -hmm. But if you are born out and if you are, lose your marriage in the altar of ministry, and, you, and, and if you lose your son and daughters in the altar of productivity, yeah. uh, that will cause you even your ministry. Yeah. So we are in a weird circle of uh, mm. productivity balance with spirituality that we need to develop a, a culture in the church that show others that we rest and we enjoy God on that time. Because for me, that, that was it, like, when I like just sit in my couch, I was, I felt like I was sinning because I wasn't called call someone or, yeah, or helping yeah. someone or study some, something or whatever. Yeah. And for me, it was like tough to just breathe and say, okay, God, you, you're in charge. 
Yeah. Thanks for 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 me for allowing me and inviting me to to follow Jesus on that. So yeah, that that's that that that's that's crazy because uh, we, we are in a and I, I don't know if pastor's wife will be listening to this, but the most common complaint in pastor's wife is I don't have time with my husband. Mm. Mm. I am a pastor's wife. I want to be, for example, Mike's wife. Mm. I, I don't remember what, 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 when was the first, last time that I was just Mike's wife right. or Kike's yeah. wife. Yeah. So, so for me, like listen to the wives and the and the and the sons. For me, that that that's that's a thing that uh, just to consider, like, hey man, maybe maybe I'm pushing away my kid from ministry by showing him that ministry is more important for me than him. Yeah. 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 That's a, a somber and sober things. All, all of those, especially considering, yeah, this, like this beastly machine that exists, mm-hmm. you know, but where, yeah, those workaholics get promoted, you know, yep. up until the moment that like the natural effect of their workaholic is workaholic worker, whatever, <laughs> when, yeah. when all, when, when the gears start falling off, as they inevitably will, then then you're cast aside. That's 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 beastly. That's not that's not the heart of God. That's not like the the church as it should be. You know. And even you know what? Even in in, in Calvary Chapel, our, our tribe, if we can say it, uh, seeing big names in in the last ten years uh, went out or being disqualified yeah. and loses marriages and ministries. Now that I am doing my, my, my doctorate degree and having this good friend that is doing his dissertation on pastoral burnout, there's a thing that when you don't rest, your your frontal part of the brain get affected, really, like, physically. Is that right? And that's the part that you used to do, you know, counting and quick answers and solving problems. So you start feeling like, man, I'm, I'm not able to do things that I used to be like I did it like fast or yeah. I'm getting old. I, I'm, I'm getting dumb. I'm, and that's when you get into this burnout, that's even a physical thing that because you are not resting, that, that, that it's, it's weird, but the same damage that comes from uh, smoke marijuana comes from not sleeping well. Is that right? The brain gets mm. aged. And like, so it's so funny how you can, we can argue on these theological, theologic issues about the rest, but even the body right. hmm. knows that yeah. when you're not honoring your, his, like their, yeah, his creator. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah it's, it, and, and, and this friend told me that when you're born out, uh, you're start taking stupid decisions because you're not thinking well. So temptations and things that in our time you can, you know, navigate easily in victory. Now you're, you're starting to uh, fall into them uh, and get into stupid decisions. And that's because you're not in a healthy place because you are not taking care of the instrument, the, 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 the vessel. So uh, it's fragile. Like, yeah. so, so yeah, it, it's, it, it's crazy, but you are, you will, not, you will be not able to preach yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the podcast about <laughs> preaching. I, I forgot. <laughs> and that's so true. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I have good friends that they're not able to preach anymore because health issues yeah. or because disqualifying right, issues. Right. So uh, for me, it's like, man, you can be equipped in all the 
good theologians and have the you know the technique and have the rhythm on yeah. your preaching yeah. and, and and you can be a great speaker but if the vessel is broke man you can't be there anymore so it's important to consider about this stuff yeah yeah and i've i've heard this i think in like in 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 terms of trauma or even kind of abuse survivors but this phrase um the body keeps the score uh, maybe you've heard that, that, um, you know, that the impact or the event can be over, but the body still remembers it. And that's not only true of trauma or, or abuse, but, uh, even the, the topic of, of rest or lack of rest or refusal to, to rest, the body does keep a score. The, I, and you know what, and nobody, maybe this will be the only episode of your podcast that will be to, uh, speaking about this issue, but there's a, there's a brain health in the ministry that we need to consider, you know, the mental health. Yeah. Uh, I'm reading a book, a great book. It's uh, uh, The End of Mental Illness. And I love it because in Latin America, because we are following the steps of America, uh, we are becoming this culture. And when you have depression, you go to the doctor and they give you pills. Mm. So, you know, pills solve, solve everything. But there's a, there's a health issue that if we need, that we need to consider to really help people, because if not, we are just pushing homeworks and, you know, getting to the practices and not considering the health of the brain and the, and the mental issue. And there's some people that they can't walk the walk with you because they're uh, not in a good shape. Yeah. So, for example, in pastoral ministry, uh, <laughs> Jonathan Hoover, that is my friend that I talk about, he's doing this uh, burnout, like, Born out in pastors of mega churches. That's his dissertation. Wow. And he said that he got into uh, that because he's that, that he's a pastor of a uh, 7,000 people church. And he get burned out, depressed, really kind of almost suicidal. And for, for him as a son, it was crazy to see that most, the greatest leader that he knows, the top A, you know, this kind of, Top A mentality, you know this top yeah, dog, right? Of course, uh, yeah. Getting lost in uh in the meetings, when we were when he was like you know leading and being this creative guy, and he's he's a great guy till this day, Mark Hoover. Then he went just sit looking to a point in that wall, hmm. and for him it's like how that happened, and and he get into the into the mental issue of it, and how because he wasn't a rest. He was, he has a crazy schedule. He wasn't taking time for his body, his body collapsed. So, uh, and, and it's so, when, when Mark told me the story, it's like he took a plane, let the church take, took care of him like so lovingly. He took a plane to Arizona to a retreat center and he told to his wife, I, I don't want to get back into ministry. I don't, mm. I know if I'm safe anymore. Uh, I don't know if I have been doing my flesh. Like, Crazy thoughts, like yeah. man, you are a godly man. But that's uh, first, uh, like uh, First Kings eighteen and nineteen. Uh, Elijah, yeah. after yeah. great, his top highlight of the of the of his ministry, getting into this little, you know, danger by Jezebel, and he run away for yeah. a depression, suicidal depression. Yeah. Because yeah. We, yeah. we in in my book on depression, I talk about that. We didn't see that, but there is no registration of one prayer of Elijah that wasn't answered by God. So when Elijah prayed to God, 
basically kill, wow, me, kill me, take yeah. my life. Yeah. He was expecting God to kill him. Mm. Mm. So he gets suicidal and he's Elijah. So if we not don't learn from these guys, yeah. at least unless you are more spiritual than Elijah, it's okay, but I'm not. I need yeah. to consider and learn from these guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. I, I, I yeah, that's... I, I, do you want to end it on there? <laughs> what, a, what, a, what, a, what a stark uh, ending. But um, yeah, like I, I actually, let's definitely do part two. I know that you've got like other things coming up in the season, but like, like let's come back before the end, the end of the year. Cause I do want to talk more about like the, the role of counseling and, and these, these kinds of things. I think it's a, a vital and an important contribution, but, uh, but we have, we have to stop. We have to stop. <laughs> Mike, um, Mike, I, I, I would love to do part two. I, I, I will, I will pray for, for that to happen soon. And, and, you know, just to give a little kind of, you know, a teaser on the, on the, on the counseling part, I'm, I'm afraid that as a pastors, we are so prideful and so arrogant to not ask for help. Uh, and for me, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a really, that, that's killing us. Hmm. Not being able to recognize, hey, I need help. I cannot walk alone. I need a counselor, a, a, a co-pastor, a, a pastor who can, can help me, listen to yeah. me, really get into my life. I started, I asked for that in a crisis. In my first year in pastoral ministry, I was in a highway to destroy my marriage and of uh, as as a result my ministry and and for me I, I I find this guy that was a blessing for from God that I really ask him hey guy hey get into my life I need help uh, I'm I'm desperate for help and if you don't help me I really don't know what to do I will destroy my marriage and buy fruit my yeah. my, my ministry and, and he was so gracious to invest on me I, I wasn't aware that that was biblical counseling. For me, that's just, that was just a pastor right. helping another pastor. Yes. But yeah. then he invited me to get trained in biblical yeah. counseling. And, 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 and as, as we talk, this, this grace um, to, to connect what God is doing in your life with what God is telling hmm. in his word. Hmm. And with that match, you have the hope and the strength to go forward uh, with, yeah, with hope. So yeah, that will be a great topic to to discuss, Mike. I, I really honor your, your your passion, your work, and your desire to equip, encourage uh, us as pastors. Hmm. Uh, I, I ask forgiveness for, for my bad English to the No way, uh, it's, it's infinitely listeners. better than my, but, than my Spanish. So thank you for speaking two languages, or two, <laughs> two that I know of, two that I know of. Um, well, yeah. So, the, and, and I love what you do, man. And and let's do it. Let, let's do a let's do a, te- a second chapter of this episode. Absolutely, yes. And um, in in the show notes of this episode, um, there'll be links for the, the books that you've referenced, the the rest of God, and there's the one from Ortberg, and, and you reference one others. I'll make sure that it's there as well as links to to your own book and some of the other resources that we've talked about. I want people to get you know to carry this conversation even even further and not have to wait until yeah. part two of this podcast, but um, but uh, to read these books um, that you've written. Sure, it's and, and Replenish, yes. Replenish from Lance Witt, yes. uh, soul, soul Keeping from John Orberg, or- or- yeah. and The Rest of God from Mark Buchanan. That's, okay. that's a good three. Actually, when I start mentoring pastors, the first thing that I ask is to read Replenish, okay. and it gave me the answer because every chapter has uh, questions. Yeah, that, yeah. That's his answer. 
that's his ticket to the program. So, and that that's right? a game changer, man. Well, I tell you, I'm I'm going to sneak in one of my recommendations into the show notes as well. Please. I'm going to put I'm going to put um, "Leading on Empty" by um, True by is it Likana? What's his? I can't think of his Lucado, name. Lucado, I think. No, no. Let me. No, um, Liakana, maybe. He's a Hawaiian. Um, but "Leading on Empty" uh, for me, yeah. I think is it's a whole other episode. But you know, I think that saved my life. That book. So mm-hmm. I want to. I'm going to smuggle it in there and pretend that it was one of your recommendations when no, we all know it's one is. of mine. <laughs> It, it is. That, that's another two. Uh, it's uh, Wayne Cordero. Okay. Okay. Not even close, but. <laughs> and you know, the, the other one that is really good, it's, uh, and it's brand new, is uh, Lead from Paul Tripp. Uh, okay. Okay. And that's that's a must read for every pastor. I need. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for, for example, just speaking like truly, uh, Dangerous Calling, that it's a gem, it's gold. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> four or five endorsement that he have. Oh, I know. Get I know. So the only one that is like survive is Danny Aiken from Southeastern. That it's a really good friend. This applies to my yeah. life. Yeah. So Poetry decided to write this second book for the leadership team that care of the pastor. So for me, I, I have the blessing to have the manuscript before because uh, Danny Akins and this yeah, friendship. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it's like, man, this is a must read to every pastor that I know. This is pure gold. And yeah, that will be another book to, to suggest on that. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> um, well, Kike, would you would you please like close us in in prayer? You've you've touched on some some real heart issues, and um, I don't want to just go into the to fade into the outro music. Um, I'd love for you to to pray for for me and for for the listeners to the podcast. Sure, man. Uh, let's do it. Uh, Dad, thank you for this time. Thank you for this podcast. Uh, thanks for Mike, for, for Ryan, for make this connection happen. Uh, we need you, Lord. Uh, we are so easy to be deceitful and, and distracted by things, even good things. Um, give us your Holy Spirit that remind us what need to be reminded in our souls that our first calling is to intimacy, not to activity. And if we, if we just miss that, we will be playing the wrong sport uh, and will be a danger to our souls and families. Uh, and that's our first stewardship. So Lord, bless this episode, bless this podcast, bless every listener that is listening to this uh, with a desire of, of you. Psalm 27 that you gave me today, uh, talk about the the only thing that David asked was to be in your house, to see you and to contemplate you and to really enjoy you and just asking questions. And Lord, there's no sermon prep there. <laughs> so forgive us to uh, just to miss the point uh, and help us to get back to Jesus. That is a way to be a healthy pastor. Uh, So I ask this in his name, in our King and Redeemer name, and his powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Well, amen. Amen. Thank you so very much for sharing, yeah, like the fruit of your research 
and also uh, some of the outflow of your life. So thanks very much, Kike. And I'm actually, I'm going to hold you to that. We will have a second conversation. This is part one of what will eventually turn into a two-part mini-series. And uh, I look forward to our second half of this conversation. All right, so I'm going to leave you with a, a preview of next week's episode, episode 176. Um, I had a a really excellent conversation with Dr. Phil Newton. Uh, He is the senior pastor of Southwoods Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee, um, since 1987. Uh, So he is a a long and experienced uh, pastor. And personally, I just loved uh, speaking to him. And I can't wait for you to listen to next Tuesday's episode. I'm going to leave you with a clip, uh, a teaser, uh, showing you what's to come next Tuesday on the Expositors Collective Podcast. One of the turning points for me in pastor ministry years ago, uh, I was, you know, I, I had the uh, the idea, okay. I don't need to really do a bunch of application. The Holy Spirit's going to do that. I don't want to get in the way of the Holy Spirit. You know, let's just, uh, let me just preach and and we'll go for it. And one of our ladies gave me a uh, cassette tape. And so that'll tell you how long ago it was. A cassette tape of, um, I think it was either Warren Wiersbe or Erwin Lutzer. Uh, okay. Uh, and and it was on application, and she said, "I think I think you may find this helpful." She was not critical or ugly. She was very supportive. Prayed for me. I listened to it, and it really grabbed me because I thought, "Okay, I am their shepherd." A shepherd doesn't just sit back with his arms folded and say, "Okay, you guys go out and find you some something to eat and find some water somewhere and kind of stay away from wolves." The shepherd is intricately involved. And so in pastoral preaching, we're getting right in the middle of our people's lives. Yeah. yeah. We're not we're not looking at the word generically. We're looking at the word specifically. How does this word affect my congregation that mm-hmm. gathers, gathers at 3175 Germantown Road South in Memphis, Tennessee? Uh, you know, how, how does it affect these people that have covenanted together? And, and so as I'm preparing, uh, I'm, I would do it much differently than if, you know, if you said, hey, come over and preach in my church. And, and you know, I don't know any of those folks. Well, I want yeah. to try to have a very clear biblical message. Yeah. But with my congregation, I'm, I'm thinking about this person is walking through X, Y, Z issue. This person has this particular struggle with sin. This person is is agonizing over issues with their children or their parents. And so there are all these things going through my mind and, and I'm seeing how the word of God is always relevant to those issues. And, uh, and so this, this is also why I, I think it's important for the congregation to be gathered and for the pastor to know the people in the congregation because how else do you preach pastorally to them? You know, we, we can say, well, we all struggle with sin. I got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all have problems. Okay, I got that. We all have areas of in which you're not very disciplined. Okay, I got that. But I'm aware of 
really specific things in people's lives. And so as I'm praying for my congregation through the week and going through and I'm, I'm praying for the, you know, for each family unit and I'm praying for the children, I'm thinking about their souls. I'm thinking about struggles they're going through. And then I'm working through the text and I'm going, oh, this is what they need. As a matter of fact, this um, I'm, I'm looking at my my outline uh, for Sunday on Jesus' purposes. And when I talk about suffering, I was talking with, with one of the brothers here who um, just found out his mother has really, really bad cancer and I mean, a really severe condition. And, and so we ended up talking about suffering. And I told him, I said, I'm going to be making some applications. And he said, I'm going to do my best to have her here that, you know, to try to help her along and yeah. try to help her walk through it. Uh, so pa- pastoral preaching is is not generic preaching. And I, I, I love the way H.P. Charles put it in, in his little book on, on, I think it's called On Pastoring. And he's, it, he said there, uh, he, he was thinking about two guys that are both equally good expositors, both very strong in the biblical text, um, good exegetes, good homileticians. And he said, one of those, you could listen to a sermon a hundred years from now and you could just walk right along and go, okay, yep, yep, this guy's, you know, he's got it. He said, the other one, the guy who's preaching pastorally, there are going to be some implications in that sermon hmm. that you won't understand unless you do some research on that congregation hmm. because hmm. he's going right to the heart of it. You know, it, it in some ways, and this, I, I don't want to overplay this, but in some ways, it's a difference between putting a, a balm on a, uh, on a tumor, you know, some kind of external medicine mm-hmm. and doing surgery and taking that tumor out. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it goes to that kind of depth. Uh, and, and so, you know, you, you might listen to me preaching pastorally to my congregation and, and maybe you would say, oh, I'm going to deal with that text in a little bit different way here. I'm going to have a different application there yeah. with my congregation. But we learn from each other in those kinds of settings. Um, so that's that's where I think it differs. And, I, you know, I've heard wonderful sermons that I wouldn't say are pastoral sermons. You know, you go to a big conference, you hear somebody sure. preach and you go, wow, that was so powerful because they did deal with the text. But then you you go sit under some brother that's been praying for his congregation all week, who's been visiting people in the hospital, who's been having conversations with people going through trial, just like you described it a moment ago. And yeah. then you hear their sermon and it's like, wow, this yeah. is pastoral preaching. This is Nick Cady inviting you to the Expositors Collective Training Weekend coming up on September 17th and 18th in Colorado Springs, Colorado. This will be our first in-person gathering since the pandemic, and we are so excited to get together again for this 24-hour immersive experience, which will help you grow in your private study and your public proclamation of God's Word. We also have an option this time for you to join us online if you aren't able to come in person. 
This event is open to men and women ages 18 through 34 who want to grow in their ability to preach and teach the Bible. We'll have everything from outlining help to sermon prep resources. We'll be learning in small groups with hands-on application and help from seasoned Bible teachers. You don't want to miss it. September 17th and 18th in Colorado Springs. More information and registration is available on our website, expositorscollective.com. Hope to see you there. Thank you.